Hello and welcome to Super Boothers. I am Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Gems, Ryan Salinas. That was a long one. I am Uncut Gems fan, Ismail. I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Gems. Right. Literally, I hate to do this, but it's just been stuck in my freaking head. I mean, TikTok goes on these trends and then it just gets beat down until you're sick of hearing it. I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Jazz. Right. Yeah, I, I was not familiar with this trend, but they definitely, even when they pick these little parts out of songs and make that as a whole TikTok trend, uh, it's just funny how people like latch on to this one little clip or one little soundbite and it becomes a huge viral thing. It's crazy. I love it. So, so I'm, re- I'm reading, I'm reading this little, this little youth report. Yes. Um, so that was what I was going to start the conversation about uh, for this episode is I sent out um, a couple of days ago the issue of the Booth Report for this month. And for people who have not checked it out, you can subscribe for free. The link is it's in the monthly? show notes. Yeah, it's monthly. I, I just can't commit to doing it more often. Um, yeah, for sure. So I do it once a month and I kind of just summarize things that I've observed or see or whatnot. And there was one section in there that I wrote about <clears throat> that was actually spurred on by an observation at the photo booth expo. So I had the privilege of speaking on a panel at the women's conference there. And someone asked a question that stuck out to me. Um, We were talking about hiring, like finding good people, training them and whatnot. And it was a, it was a room full of a lot of beginners and someone raised their hand and said, you know, I just can't shake this feeling that um, when I'm training people, I just feel like I'm training my competition. Um, so like, how do you hmm. handle that or get around that? And what stuck out, to, what, why it stuck out to me is that a lot of people were agreeing and nodding their heads. Uh, and they kind of were saying that, Hey, it's a low barrier entry business. I mean, anybody that you train can think, Hey, I can do it on my own. And then you've got competition. So I'm curious, uh, maybe I should hear your thoughts first before I give you my thoughts. Well, so this is my thing is I think that whenever you have, employees and you take on staff, you are absolutely training people that will leave you one day and will go to do other things, most likely in direct competition with you. That's just going to happen. And the sooner you recognize that and the sooner you realize it's not personal, the better. I mean, I have had, this is, this happened more so when I did weddings, you would have people come in, there would be some little girl who is either just got engaged or she is you know, doing some sort of hospitality degree or her friend just got married or what, and she wants to be a wedding planner. So she comes to work with you. I've had it happen to me over and over and over and over again. It's just something that happens. They'll stay with you for, I don't know, six months, a year, what have you, then they will leave and then they will start their own little wedding planning company called bubbles and giggles wedding planning services for you.com and they will try and do the same thing <laughs> that you're doing just to really crap your job because they realize that you made it look easy. Well, I, th- I think I may have a different take on this in some ways. Um, and that's why I think people found it interesting. And listen, there's no right answer to anything. Like actually this, this is off topic, but it reminds me of I'm rarely active in the Facebook groups um, just because I'm not on Facebook that often. But I remember one time like I chimed in my opinion and this is why I probably don't chime in often. Like people were like, why should I listen to you? Who are you? Um, And I'm like, dude, 
you don't have to listen to me, right? This is just my opinion. Uh, take it for what it's worth. And there's no right answer. Um, there's multiple ways to skin a cat. You run your business the way you want to run it. Your situation may be different. You know your situation more than anyone else. So, you know, this is just my opinion and take it just as an opinion. Uh, one little factor in your decision making it doesn't mean what I say is right or what Ryan says is right. So anyways, I just want to get that out of the way because I think um, sometimes people have a problem with like authority figures or people that they think are authority figures when we're really just sharing our thoughts. We're not really telling you what to do or how to do things. So um, yeah, so the, the, my response to this exchange was a, a story of an experience that I had with a good friend of mine who was a contractor. And I saw this friend like hire this employee and really take this person under their wing, invest in training and developing them, and, like made this person their right hand in the business. And it was really as a favor. Uh, it was like an immigrant and, and really helped them out, right? And then one day this employee said, I'm going to leave. I want to start my own thing. And I was like, oh my God, man. That's a huge bummer. How does that how does that make you feel? That's messed up, right? And he was like, I'm happy for him. And I was like, wait a second. What are you, what are you talking about? And it, he basically <laughs> he basically what? reframed it for me where he was like, listen, kind of like what you were saying, Ryan. How can I be upset as an entrepreneur that did the same thing? How can I be upset at other people for being ambitious, right? Um, we did the same thing. They want better for their lives. How am I going to get in the way of that? But really what got to me is the, the next thing that he said, um, which was he now has someone that he can subcontract work to that he trusts. And I was like, whoa. And that's basically the, the mindset that I want to give on this question is, are you training your competition? Or are you training your future partners, your future collaborators? So now what this person does is when they have work that they can't do or don't want to do for whatever reason, they have someone they can sub the, those jobs to that they know they trust because they, they've worked with them, they've trained them, they know their quality of work, and it becomes more of a partnership. You still work with them. And that, that shifted the way I think about this everywhere, including the photo booth industry. Um, I know I've mentioned this before on the show. Uh, Ryan, you have different thoughts on white labeling. I do. <laughs> um, for, for me personally, in my local area, I have really partnered a lot with uh, competition where they give me work when they're overloaded and I do the same back to them. It's particularly beneficial to people who don't feel like they're ready to hire someone just yet, but they do have more work that they can handle. You can partner with people in your area. So to me, it was that mindset shift is huge, especially in a time like now where it's really hard to find good employees and good people to work with. Um, and it's the same thing in construction, right? The best contractors, the best handymen have their own business. And that's what my friends always say. Who do I hire? The best ones are doing their own thing. And the answer is to partner and subcontract work to those people. And that way everybody wins. You know, I, again, I have mixed feelings on this and I see where you're coming from. And I think that if you are a local regional photo booth person and you're doing that same sort of thing with, you know, such a tighter knit community and such a smaller radius 
Um, I think it's a lot easier to accomplish those things. Actually, I don't know. Uh, whenever I had my building in San Antonio a while back, um, there was a we had windows and the, we had nine huge windows um, that were like a thousand dollars each in front, and three of them got blown out um, from like a random shooting that happened. And anyways, it was a thing. But what I did was I had to call a glass company. And after hours, all of these glass companies used the same person. They would all, you know, have like a one 24 hour line. They would pay that person to, you know, handle all the phone calls and then they would divvy out the glass business. So every single one of those window companies would get leads from this one phone number and they would all just share a business because they're all doing the exact same thing. So that I think I do appreciate. And especially if in, in an instance where, you know, things need to get done quick. Um, I think that's a really way to, um, a really good way to, you know, capture that business and make sure that, you know, there's enough for everyone at the same time. What I do is it's not necessarily order taking. It's not just, you know, Oh, here's a photo booth. Oh, here's a print. Like there's not, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, so I really think that, it could work for someone smaller in a smaller market. I don't think it necessarily would work for me. But can't you be an order giver? Can't you do that creative work? And let's say you have a national activation and you have multiple locations. You can't do them all. I mean, I don't want to say you can't. I'm sure you'd find a way. Watch me. (laughs) Those are situations where you may want order takers to give the work to for them just to fulfill it, right? And you manage the whole thing. A lot of people do it like that. Well, the problem is, is I will find out that people will typically say they can accomplish something and then in actuality they can't. Um, and I'm too controlling over it with my clients to where I just don't trust people. <laughs> that sounds super healthy. <laughs> I mean, this is why it's a good conversation because I, I knew you'd have a different opinion on that. But I think that I would imagine that a lot of people listening are more I mean, I don't want to say more, but there's people listening that are in the category of more beginning and trying to grow and take their business to the next level. And I find this white labeling is a huge hack. Like I know so many people that like multiplied the size of their business, the revenue because they partnered with the right person. And it just, it's like a no risk way of growing. You don't have to spend money on advertising. You just find people like the Ryans in the world or, or whoever you know in the world that are overwhelmed with work they're turning away low-cost jobs because they can't they don't want to be bothered with it and say hey i'll do those for you and then all of a sudden you got a whole stream of work so i just think for the right person it's and maybe you'd agree with me on that for the right person yeah the right circumstance it can be a great hack to grow your business and it's just a way of it comes back to something i've talked about on the show before um the mindset of scarcity versus abundance and I just don't want to fall in the bucket of thinking of things in a scarce mindset. Like, oh, there's not enough work. I want to be abundant. I'm an entrepreneur, right? There's plenty of work for everybody. Um, just where do you want to fit in? Where do you want to focus on? As you get bigger and bigger, you start to turn away the smaller jobs, right? That gives an opportunity for somebody else that's at a different level that's just starting out. So where do you want to fit in? Don't think of things as like, oh, there's only so much work. They're taking my work. Well, maybe you should try to get other work, better work, and go to the next level yourself. So do you want to hear a stupid story? I love stupid stories. So 
<laughs> that's the perfect that's the perfect song for a stupid story <laughs> a stupid story so i was doing um we had a heavy weekend there was a lot going on all over the place and there was a lead that came in from so i have a rather large client uh that gives us uh you know $250,000 with the business every year and sidebar the person that used to be her assistant now works for another company and that assistant called us and have not heard from her in quite some time and she goes hey can you do this event it's little blah 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 the event was an hour long and and it was on like a thursday and i know i shouldn't have taken it but what did i do you took it i took it so I ended up taking this piece of business. It was an hour long glam booth. And this property was at a resort pretty far out. And the attendant left. I'm, I'm, I need to research this a little more, but left like two hours before. And it should have taken like 30 minutes to get there. However, there was a couple of um, wrecks. Took forever to get there. He got there and got set up uh 20 or sorry 19 minutes late so the event started at 6 he took his first photo at 619 um again it was an hour long we're cutting into it he ended up finishing at 701 because it was you know highly programmed and they had to go to um you know the next thing or dinner or cocktail or I don't know whatever it was so the client sends me a very angry email uh the following Monday, and actually she just called me this morning. And so we were chit-chatting on the phone, and I said, you know, oh, I have to, you know, everything that we do with, you know, our attendance is geolocated. I can see where he was. Let me research the time. Let me research all these things, and I'll go back with you. She's like, okay, not a problem. She goes, we want a full refund. So now I'm kind of faced with, okay, well, what do I do in this situation? Do I give them a full refund? They got photos. And well, and then there was also miscommunication. So she wasn't, she was just the on-site person, not the person that booked it. So they booked a glam booth and we were doing black and white photos. And she was very upset that the photos were black and white. Well, I was on the phone with her today and I said, actually the glam booth in the system, it shows that she selected black and white. So I don't know where the disconnect was, but that's what was on her order. So it seems to me like there was a lot of miscommunication happening. I'll probably give them a 50% refund, even though I don't like doing that. And I don't think it was, I shouldn't have taken the piece of business is what it is, what I'm trying to get at. And I think it's really funny how, you know, these massive events with, you know, 20 people working five days straight, you know, eight hours a day, those things goes off perfect without a hitch, but leave it to the one stupid one hour event that I book because of who the client is. Cause I'm trying to be not, I'm it's just dumb. Stupid. Absolutely <laughs> stupid. That, that felt like a venting session. I don't know if I can add much to that. <laughs> well, it's annoying because me giving a refund doesn't mean anything like they're never going to come back. I also don't want them to come back because every, she's asked us to like propose like three pieces of business and each piece of business is like just stupid and little and just not worth the trouble, but I'm doing it because of, you know, who her old boss is. Um, I mean, it's, it's really annoying to, you know, get, you know, a hundred thousand dollar event from someone you try and, you know, work with, 
their old assistant for, you know, the little thousand dollar thing she wants to book. I mean, it's just kind of dumb. So at what point, like, how do you think about this? Because it seems like you were you were willing to go the extra mile because of the potential. Um, at what point do you start to say, no, there's no potential? Whenever she comes to me with these stupid little events, I'm sorry. I just don't want to do it. And that's another thing is there's also this girl on there's also this girl on TikTok. Actually, let me pull up the let me pull well, up the sound b- real quick. Yeah, before yeah. you before you do that, just again back to the white label topic. Why don't you? I always wonder what like people at your level that have these smaller things that they don't want to do, they don't want to be bothered with. Why don't you pass it on to somebody else? Well, I don't care. I'm not gonna. But it's it's know. a win win, right? You pass it on. Someone else gets paid. You get paid. You don't have to do anything. I just don't want to babysit it. Like I don't want to, and I don't also don't want to give a wrong referral. And that's another thing that we get asked a lot is there's, well, so the thing that I'm trying to get at is with a girl on tuck talk is how do you turn stuff down? Like, how do you say this like in corporate, you know, and. Are you going to play that clip? uh, Hold on. How do you professionally say that's not my job? This falls outside of my responsibilities, but I would be happy to connect you with someone who can help. Stop assigning me so many tasks if you want any of them to get done. As my workload is quite heavy, can you help me understand what I should reprioritize in order to accommodate this new task? Answer my emails. If there is a better way to get in contact with you, please let me know as I'm hoping to have this resolved as soon as possible. Sincerely, Moise. Laura, why do you like this? <laughs> she rep- She always sends off moistly with moisture. <laughs> so th- that, that clip, it, it's funny, but it actually like thinking back to my corporate world, um, those are the types of things that you'd have to do. Right. So that makes sense as an employee, but how do you do that as a business owner with your clients? Yeah. So whenever like I turn down an event, we have to be like, I'm so sorry. Like your event is not within our service area. If I don't want to go to, you know, Minnesota to do an event. That's another thing is the, the leads that we get on a daily basis today, today, I got stuff from South Africa, London, Minnesota, South Carolina, LA, Seattle. I'm not going to spend all this time trying to find a vendor for them in those areas. I'm just not going to do it. Like the volume is just too high. And then another thing is, so people, so let's, let's say that I get someone that says, and this actually happened yesterday. Someone will say, Hey, uh, you know, can you do this event? I'm so sorry. We don't operate in your area. People will reply and they'll say, well, do you know someone who does? Or they will say, yeah, I know you don't operate in my area, but how much would it be for you to come? Like, I don't like, I'm just not going to do it. You know, it would just turn it away. I mean, the, the amount of business that we turn away is just insane and it it used to stress me out like i used to see that as money flying out the door now absolutely not get rid of it go away i don't want to do it bye bye so, i'm curious as an, as an entrepreneur do you think that there's an opportunity there to capitalize somehow like hiring so someone to I focus thought, on that yeah so you know what i did i wanted to i i thought about putting together like Hey, like we have like these, like to take these, like essentially leads that we can't accomplish, put them into some sort of system and maybe have some people like bid on it to pay for it or whatever. But I just, I don't have the, the bandwidth to handle that mentally. So we're not going to do that. Wow. So that, that, that says something though, like people are just too busy. Like they just, yeah. there's great ideas. There's great opportunities. There's lost, you know, potential money, but they're just too busy. 
and you can only do so many things, right? So you have to pick and choose where you devote your time to. So that's that's an interesting lesson slash observation. Yeah, I mean, it would it would be nice to put together like some sort. I think Justin on Australia tried to do that with like Photo Booth Finder, and I think that there are some things that can be accomplished. Um, I think that it'd be really cool to generate leads for other people. I, however, do not have the time and energy to do it. Um, but it goes it goes back to like some other common question that I've seen. Oh, when you're trying to select permanent installs or whatever, why can't they just buy it themselves? You know, they'd save money. People that's are busy. Thing. People we got to call. We got to call yesterday, and the girl was like, and actually, it took me a while to actually like diagnose her situation and figure out like where she was in this process. However, she apparently was a small brand. I mean, not too small, like not mom and pop, but she was, I mean, they were spending some money. She said that she had an agency that she was dealing with before and they ended up purchasing a photo booth from her or she purchased a photo booth from them rather. So she goes, we have the photo booth. We just don't have the software. And so she says, she goes, if, uh, I, well, I asked, I said, well, what's wrong with your current software? And then she goes, oh, well, we're using SimpleBooth. She goes, are you familiar with SimpleBooth? I said, probably more than you are. But anyways, so she goes, she goes, I was like, well, what's your problem with SimpleBooth? And she told me like some of the limitations. She said like, well, the app died and we had to switch to another device. I have an Android. You know, I couldn't operate it with an Android. I'm like, well, there's a problem. But I mean in any situation, a virtual booth could have helped her in that instance where you, if you already have the booth, clearly she doesn't care about how the app looks or works or anything like that. Hey, if you want to throw up, you know, an internet browser, put it to a virtual booth, that iPad dies, you want to put it on an Android or, you know, start taking pictures with your phone or whatever, a virtual booth would be a better situation for you. So I was able to like send her that stuff. I don't care about that little piece of business because it's 300 bucks that I don't want to deal with. Um, but I did appreciate how we were able to like, kind of like diagnose the problem and figure out, well, what were the features she didn't like versus what was the one she did and, you know, on and on. But even that whole, you just described that whole thing. Most people on her position would not want to be dealing with that. Like trying to figure out which software, why can't I use this one? Which one should I get? Like, that's why I think people have a hard time grasping, wrapping their mind around the fact that their clients, can they buy it? some of this stuff and do it themselves for cheaper. Yeah. Do they want to? No, well, they don't want to be bothered a, with it. Th- that was another thing is she was, well, clearly they've done it before. So I gave her a quote. I was like, yes, yeah, so you could use our app and we will give you a login and you can manage it yourself. It is this amount of money. And she goes, well, that's so expensive. We don't use it. I'm like, well, then I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like what you're asking for, you just need to pull up a stupid app on your phone. I mean, that's uh, truthfully, it's just what it comes down to. And it's not my client. I appreciated the exercise because now that is content used for super boothers. However, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't care. So that leads me to uh, the other question I had is, so you had a good way to decline work that was outside your service area. Perfectly understandable. No one can argue against that. What about for little jobs that are not worth doing? How do you say to them? I'm sorry. This does not meet our current revenue minimum. Ooh, that see that that's got more of a negative tone than I. We just don't service that area. Sorry. So and so and that's another thing is yes, we absolutely can do your event here as a revenue minimum. Yeah. So that, yes, that's we absolutely. Can, 
yeah, sure. Well, I, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to the client. I, I'm so, just curious but, how you turn them down. Like when you have so many little things that you can't be bothered with, like, oh, not enough. Sorry. How do you say that in the corporate way, like the TikTok? Um, I have an email. Oh. Do you want me to read the email? Let's hear it. Let me pull it up into my little system system switch thing here. Please hold. So if ever I get a lead that is, let's say it's viable. And let's say, hey, there's a possibility that we could actually book something from this. However, I needed to make sure that that particular client understands that there is a certain financial number that needs to be, you know, met. Um, hello, your event date is available. We look forward to helping you with whatever it is you're looking for. This date does have a minimum spend of $10,000. Please let me know if you would like to proceed with a quote. That's my first reaction to that is that's baller. Like how many companies respond like that? Well, it's true. And I have to be able to weed out the clients that. But I, I imagine that you only said that because you saw who this client was beforehand. Okay. Possibly. So it could, it could be a number of things. So we could see a, Hey, where this client is or if there's a particular whatever. So it's just a pre-qualifying question is all it is. That's something that I think you said in your talk. Um, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, where, um, you, your team knows, Hey, this week there's this massive event going on in Vegas. Yeah. 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 So what so, I do is we go through, um, in some of like the larger markets that we operate in. So Vegas is a big one. Uh, the Vegas strip closes down three times a year, closes for NASCAR, closes for rock and roll marathon, closes for new year's. I want to make sure that those dates are all in the system. That way we know, Hey, listen, if anything comes in for Vegas during NASCAR, we understand that if we take any business on the strip, there is going to be a little bit of difficulty getting into it. Everything starts closing at 4 p.m. We need to make sure we're there well before then. And we also need to know that we're not getting out of there until well after midnight. And then another thing is if it's uh, an ICW in conjunction with a particular other thing that's happening, we know we need to charge an appropriate amount based off of you know what else is going on in the city. If CES is going on, I need to know whenever CES is going on. That way, whenever we get a lead, we get a little alert that pops up that says, hey, CES is going on. That's probably what this is attached to if it's here. So yeah. that way, we're kind of staying on top of all these things because what I really don't like is I don't like – and this has happened plenty of times where, oh, you go to this event and you didn't know that it was attached to this and you charged a hell of a lot less, yep. which is probably why they booked you so quick. Absolutely not. Try it again. Yeah, I thought that was – work. That was really smart and a great like little piece of advice for people because it's basically what people do around certain dates and holidays. Like, oh, New Year's Eve, yeah, you got to charge more. Um, but those are the easy ones. Yeah. Find, like planning out the year and looking at when these big events are going on, I think is the other really good way to do it. I don't know if yeah. many people do it that way. Yeah, and you can go to any convention and visitors bureau you know that your you know city has, and they have a, an events calendar published, and you can see when dermatology is in, when breast cancer is in, when uh, you know you have a gigantic car show that's happening, when you have yeah. you know a whole bunch of plastic well, surgeons running. New York there. Fashion Week is another example. Like. These yeah, big absolutely. things in your well, those area. Are obvious, but still, right. you just got to yeah, be aware of them. Absolutely. If you see something that's going to happen in Bryant Park, I mean, you're going to know that that's going to be something 
pretty big. Also, if you're getting an event at Allegiant or SoFi or the Cowboy Stadium, you obviously know that those things are going to have a certain dollar amount attached to even host those events there. So I'm not going to send someone, hey, this has a $10,000 minimum. No, like you're just going to quote it because you already know they have the money. However, what I'm saying is if you get these other little ones that you, you know, don't need to quote, or, you know, if someone literally, if someone wants me to do a wedding in like London or something, which happens pretty often, you'll get a thing and, you know, we'll send them the quote, oh, it's too much. Oh, it's not enough, you know, whatever. So I think that having that and granted with the revenue minimums, I don't typically send out those emails. However, they are in my back pocket if I do need to send it out to a client that I feel that, you know, needs that. Yeah, I just thought that was a really great way of looking at things. Like I said, people generally look at just the date only, but I think the takeaway here is that there's other variables you can pick at to try to see if this is an event you can charge more for, like the location, uh, what else is going on around that time. Things like that can kind of lead you into the direction of like, oh man, I should charge a lot more for this because of these other factors. Don't just automatically respond. This is where your argument, Ryan, comes into play of just automatically sending a quote no matter what, right? Sometimes you can't do that because sometimes there's these events that are going around a certain event in that area, a certain time, certain location that you want to know so you can charge a lot more for because you should because of all the other variables at play. You know, This is also something that I kind of toy with back and forth. So I have on the website currently a place where someone can click and schedule a phone call just blindly. I have had a decent amount of money randomly come through one of those little requests. Hey, I want to get on the phone with you this you know, at this time or whatever. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll send in, you'll get the crazies. They'll send in a quote, they'll send in an email, they'll send in a phone call schedule request. Those are a little much. And usually it's for some, you know, little, oh, my daughter's turning three and we want a 360. No, ma'am, I'm not doing that. Um, However, a, a a couple of gigantic ones have come in through just randomly having that little schedule call thing out there. Typically what I'll do is we had, um, Uh, a very large musical act that requested information. Clearly I'm not just going to send out a quote. Hey, here's what this is. That obviously requires a little bit of finessing. So listen, if you want to click this button and schedule some time, we can chit chat about all the options are available. Some of the solutions that y'all want to do. There's any fun experiences or giveaways or anything that we can do to, you know, help move along the situation. If you recognize that there are sponsors paying for this, how can we best represent the sponsor in this scenario? People, Branding is the easiest flipping thing to do, especially in our industry. Whenever we're doing a microsite, throw up a logo, throw up a brand color, take usually a photo that is already existing on their website and make it look like the original website and ta-da, you've matched a brand. I mean, it's it's little things like that that go super, super far. So am I wrong in saying that you're not a fan of like instant quotes or automatic bookings or is there certain sense like – Maybe for social events you'd have that, but on your Listen, site for- if you're do- if you're doing if you're doing weddings and quinces and bar bar mitzvahs, and you're just order taking, fine, go for it. If you have your business model is set up to you know, hey, we have ten photo booths, ten printers, add this on, throw this you know questionnaire on. Here's the template. There's already a system to do it. All those things are all connected, and it's just running itself. Absolutely, go for it. However, if you're going to do big stuff, if you if you are the Oscars 
and you're going to do a photo activation and you're looking at large companies that can do photo activations, are you going to go to someone that mainly is geared towards social? Of course. Are you going to book someone for the Oscars? Because you have to think about these people that are booking the Oscars are little interns. Those are the, 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 that's truthfully how this stuff happens. Is that person going to book someone that just has a thing to book it online real quick? Absolutely not. Not going to happen. Just not going to happen because those requirements that they would need are more than whatever parameters would be from this little online booking tool. I'm not shitting on this online booking tool. That is a fantastic resource that everyone needs to have on their website. However, if you have a, aspirations to do larger, bigger things, it's not going to come from you know a, a little online book a quote thing real quick. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's such a good point because I think people often ask, hey, how do I get corporate events? How do I get corporate events or these bigger events that you're speaking about? And it goes back to what we said in the past episode where my manager is like, hey, you want to be a manager? Act like one. And I think this goes to like your branding and your website. If you want to attract certain kind of work, you have to communicate that in how you present your website, how you respond to things, what you put up there, and that magically will attract you the right things. It's kind of weird on the way it works, but it does. And I find that people that experienced a huge increase in their business, when I ask them like, hey, what happened? It often comes down to, oh, we redid our website. Um, so I think that the, the shift there and how you present yourself uh, is huge. And the point about doing it differently for different things, I think is a great takeaway. And that's another thing that I really get a kick out of is every now and then someone will say, because a lot of the stuff that we do is custom. Uh, I typically don't like to repeat things. However, what will happen is someone will be like, oh, well, can you, so someone asked recently for a, uh, I don't know, let's just say it's flamingos or something stupid like that. So, oh, we're doing a flamingo party. Uh, she'll, and I'll say, yes, absolutely. We can accommodate flamingos we will do a custom flamingo animation with your logo la 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 someone will say oh well can you send us the custom animation no ma'am it's custom so that's 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 just some of the things that we kind of experience so what i will do is i will put together and actually this is going on for a new website that oh fun story so my new website will have an agency only page where only agencies, DMCs, and larger clients can access. They can download our promo videos to put in their proposals. They can uh, kind of see all the custom animations that we've done before. We have a whole bunch of case studies. So what I'll do is, like for Usher, we did the sample start screen. We'll do the the wrap. We'll do the video that they sent us. We'll do uh, the photo of what it actually looked like in person, and then we'll do the output. So start to finish, my clients can now see, hey, this is how the process works on our end. You can customize it a lot. You can let us handle it, you know, whatever the case may be, which mostly I'm finding out that everyone is just like, just do it, just do it, just do it. So that's something that I kind of really appreciate is that we really do get carte blanche with a lot of our clients. And I really love it because they just let me do what I want. That's the best place to be in. I know. 